0: Welcome, friends, and Merry Christmas to you, one and all. I am your humble Christmas host here on Sounds Like Radio. Yes, we are back with the third Christmas special from 1951. This is the last of the 1951 Christmas shows that the Great Gildersleeve did and my goodness that means we did three this is the third one we did three christmas shows this year and uh well i hope you enjoyed them all including this one <laughs> well now today on the great gildersleeve it is christmas day in the land of summerfield where guilty lives and everybody else is there Ooh, well it's christmas day and you know what happens on christmas day yeah You open up them presents. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, now there's good news and bad news. Uh, The good news is Leroy and his girlfriend, Babs. Oh, they're happy. They're real happy. (laughs) That's because Leroy got a job. He got a nice present for Babs. Uh, But the bad news. Well, poor Marjorie. Poor Bronco. (laughs) Seems they were just a little too practical (laughs) in their gift giving. Oh, we're going to find out what happens today on the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah, well, now since this is Christmas, Christmas Day on the Great Gildersleeve, and it's Christmas here on Sounds Like Radio, it's only appropriate that we ask Burl Ives, yes? Burl, we ask, what is Christmas? And he says, well, let me tell you all about it. Burl, do your stuff.
1: Sing now a song of joy. Every Christmas is a birthday. Of that baby born in Bethlehem. Far, far away. Bring out, all oh, bells of joy. Every Christmas is a birthday. Hey
0: And every Christmas is a birthday. Yeah, it is too. <laughs> Burl Lives is here to remind us about that. Well, friends, it is Christmas time in Summerfield. Uh, the folks have opened their gifts, and well, there's a little, little joy and a little disappointment. Well, that's the way it is at Christmas time. You know, sometimes you get some uh, a scarf. and you you're not exactly thrilled unless you're freezing then you'd be thrilled to get a scarf well some people are just satisfied to be sitting there with the darling he their loved one they say merry christmas darling you're all i want for christmas we got a nice one here for you the carpenters they recently had a remix of their classic song Merry Christmas, Darling. Here is Karen Carpenter and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra in a brand new, well, it's not brand new, it's a couple years old, but a brand new, I'll say it anyway, a brand new remix of Karen Carpenter's classic hit, Merry Christmas, Darling. Take it away, Karen. Greeting
2: cards have all been sent The Christmas rushes through I still have one wish to make a special one.
0: nice Karen thank you yeah that was nice wasn't it now I, I didn't really tell much difference between that version the remix version and the original could you I could tell small little bits of difference but you know I found when I listened to the whole album of that Royal Philharmonic version of the Karen Carpenter songs well <laughs> that brother of hers uh, what's his name I forget Uh, He was in charge of putting that album together and mixing it all and I don't think he liked the idea of Remixing his classic mixes from the original because all the so-called Remixes on that album sound just like the original album So I don't know I could tell some slight little differences in that particular song But most of that album you could not tell the original From the so called remix. (laughs) Well I guess the brother was proud of his original mixing and he didn't want to do no changes. Willie shouldn't have agreed to do the project. That's what I say. You know it's Christmas time and listen to that music. Oh, it puts me into the mind of a real Christmas time. You look outside your window and you see it snowing and it's all peaceful and nice-looking. It's a silent night. Here's Bing Crosby.
1: So. The is Paul.
0: They have the great Bing Crosby singing a song, I think, you know, I really think he sings the perfect version that song you know anytime I hear that song sung by anybody else I always think huh, Bing did it better <laughs> well anyway there you have Bing doing it better singing Silent Night for all of us that was nice well friends we always like to have uh, visits here every once in a while from that kindly old codger yeah, here he makes his way over to the studio he slowly climbs up them steps. Sometimes you can, he may, he might even trip. But this time I didn't hear no tripping outside. Come on in here. Well, if it isn't Grandpa. Yes, friends, it is a visit from our very own Grandpa here on Sounds Like Radio. Hello, Grandpa, it's nice to be back here. This time of year, I always like the holidays, you know. Yes, Grandpa, you like them holidays because that's when your family comes around to visit you. Yeah, they do. Sometimes, sometimes they're too busy and they don't have time for an old... All right, Grandpa, don't start making us depressed. We don't want to hear about that. We want to hear how the family gathers around and, and cheers you. Well, most of the time they do. Once in a while, one or two can't make it, and I never let them forget about it. Oh, Grandpa, now that's not the right thing to do. I'm hoping they learn their lessons. Hey, what'd you have me here for anyway? Well, Grandpa, we, we, we wanted you to tell us another one of your beautiful Christmas stories. Yeah, a beautiful Christmas story. I, I got one about the bells. The bells? The bells? Yeah, this is about the bells. When I told the the town, the entire town, I walked out into the town and I said, Let the bells ring out. Oh, you did? Yeah, I had a lot of nerve back then. Here's a nice little thing I think you'll like. It's called Let the Bells Ring Out. Yeah, listen tight, will you? Oh, I hear them. Those are the grandpa singers, aren't they? That's right. They always like to horn in on my songs.
3: Let the bells ring out for Christmas. Let them spread the joy and cheer. Make the whole world know that Christmas Day is a special day each year. For the kids, there's excitement all over their faces. When they find Santa brought them that brand new toy. And for the sad and the sick and the lonely, by just the thought of Christmas brings them a little joy. that bring good cheer. Let's not forget at Christmas time just why this day is here. Christmas Day is a special day
0: each year. Oh my. That was nice, Grandpa. Thanks a lot. I always like doing my little Christmas ditties here. I recognize that music. Yeah, that that's our Christmas music, Grandpa. Yeah, hey, I, I always liked it when you played that song for the opening of your Christmas shows. Well, next time we're gonna have to get your vote in. I thought we'd switch things up this year and play a, a different song to, to start our Christmas shows, but you're right, I kinda agree with you. I, I do like this song, and maybe from now on, we will start the shows with our favorite song here. Christmas time is here, yeah. I like Christmas a lot, and in that song I talked about ringing out the bells. You know what happened to me one year, don't you? Oh, what happened, Grandpa? Well, I I went out into the midst of the town, you know, I became a town crier of sorts, and I said, let the bells ring out, and next thing you know, the bells were ringing. Oh, they were ringing loudly, and who came out? Not the people. Who came out, you ask? All right, Grandpa, I'll ask you, who came out? It was a donkey. That's what came out. He came out of a barn, and he came over to me when the bells were ringing, and he said, hee-haw, hee-haw. And I said, that's what I get for ringing these bells. I get Dominic the donkey. Here's Lou Monte and Dominic the donkey. Hey, tingety ting. It's
4: Dominic the donkey. Jing-a-dee-jing, the Italian Christmas donkey La-la-la, la-la-la-la-la-la Santa's got a little friend, his name is Dominic The cutest little donkey, you never see him kick When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic he'll be Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey Jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey La, 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 la Feet and presents on the sled Hey, look at the mayor's derby On top of Dominic's head A pair of shoes for Louie And a dress for Josephine The label on the inside Says they're made in Brooklyn Hey, jingity-jing It's Dominic the donkey Jingity-jing The Italian Christmas donkey La, 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 la And Dominic starts to dance They talk Italian to him And he even understands Cumbarras and Kumbaras Do they dance a dare on them When Santa Magola comes to town And brings a jucarilla Hey, jingity jing It's Dominic the donkey Jingity jing The Italian Christmas donkey La 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 la
0: Oh that donkey. <laughs> he sounds excited, don't he? Dominic the donkey! Then that was Lou Monty and Yeah, no, there it is. I wondered where our piano player was. He must have been thinking about what song to play next. Blue Monty, Dominic the Donkey, that's one of everybody's favorite songs. We played it on a, one of our Christmas shows a while back, but I figured, you know, it's time we heard that one again. I, I like that one. It's a lot of fun to sing. Kids like it. Everybody likes it. And the donkeys like it. Even I liked it. Oh, I forgot you were here, Grandpa. Thank you for coming on the show and telling us you're a little sad. Boy, wait a minute. It wasn't so sad. It was nice. Yeah, that's right. I'm making a nice one today. Let the bells ring out. That's what I always say. All right, Grandpa, we want to tell you thank you very much for coming. We appreciate your visits, and we will see you again next time. Goodbye, everybody. There goes Grandpa. <laughs> always nice to see Grandpa, especially here at Christmas time. Well, it's also nice to to uh, get our blood moving and to get ourselves excited because there's one little lady here who can excite everybody when she opens up her mouth and roars. She roars. She roars at a saw. Yeah, I'm talking about Darlene Love. She's here to roar out Winter Wonderland. Oh, start roaring, Darlene. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, I almost sound like Darlene Love there, didn't I? Yeah, that was Darlene Love and Phil Spector's famous wall of sound. He threw everything in those songs except for the kitchen sink. That's what it, that's what it was often said about Phil Spector's massive mixes of music whenever he did a song back in them days and. Darlene Love, well, it worked perfectly for her, I tell you. Oh, speaking of waking perfectly, we got a Great Gildersleeve program here, originally broadcast December 26, 1951, as it is Christmas morning in Summerfield and the folks are opening up their presents. Let's pay a little visit now to the Gildersleeve household here on The Great Gildersleeve on Sounds Like Radio.
5: The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you, partially transcribed, by the Kraft Foods Company. Kraft, you know, makes Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Enjoy it often. Well, there's no time like Christmas. Yesterday, everybody enjoyed the thrill of opening gaily-wrapped packages and emptying stockings by the fireplace. And since it's the custom to drop in on friends to see what jolly old St. Nick brought, let's go back a day and see what happened at the great Gildersleeve's house.
6: right, George, opening presents is fun.
7: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, huh?
6: Wrapping paper, boxes, ribbon, presents all over the place. The potter looks like a department store. When are we going to open the presents we're saving for last?
7: <laughs> Bronco's just like a kid. He is a kid.
6: Yeah, I sure am at Christmas. Yeah, well, Bronco, we'll open the last round just as soon as Bertie gets the twins settled. This has been a pretty hectic morning for
7: them. Uh-huh, weren't they excited? Their eyes were so busy taking in everything. Boy, I can't wait to open this present from Babs. Well, the twins are asleep.
6: Let's open that last present. We are just waiting for you, Bertie.
7: You first, Uncle Morris.
6: Me? Yeah, all right.
7: Well, hey, wait a minute, how about me? But Leroy, you always wanted to open yours last.
8: Uh, That was before he had a girl.
7: Well?
6: Say, look what I have. A desk set from the family. Just what I need.
7: Yeah. Try the pen, Unc.
6: Yeah, I think I will. Red ink.
7: That's to use after after Christmas.
9: (laughs) Bertie, you open yours next. I was hoping I'd be next. (laughs) I saved the one from the family, too.
6: Well, we hope you like it, Bertie.
9: Yes, sir. I wonder what this can be. Uh Uh-oh. No. It can't be. But it is. Bertie got a genuine... Daddy, a no wool cashmere sweater. Neat.
6: Not bad, huh, Bertie?
9: No, sir, Bertie. Never thought she'd see the happy day she'd own a genuine cashmere sweater. Now, where's the card? Here it is. Thank you. To Bertie with all our best wishes for a very merry Christmas. Ain't that nice? We hope you like the color, Bertie. Yes, ma'am. I like everything about it. Excuse me, I gotta go try this on. Now, Bronco, open your present. Oh,
8: well, I should insist that you open yours first, Marge, but I'm too anxious to see what's in this tall, round package. <laughs> You'll see. If it was from Uncle Moore, I'd say it's a bottle of water.
10: <laughs> Why don't you kick it
8: and see if it leaks? <laughs> Gosh, it must be important. It's well wrapped.
7: Well, all I'll tell you is that it's something for our new house
8: Yeah, Marge and I decided we'd be practical this year We're giving each other something for the
6: house you're Fine, you're a very sensible couple
8: Well, look what my sweet wife gave me A keg of nails
10: <laughs> Nails?
11: Oh, for corn's
7: sake
6: Hey, nice Oh,
8: thanks, Marge
7: just think, Bronco. When we're in our new home, we'll know it's held together with the nails I gave you for Christmas. <laughs>
8: yeah, the roof over our heads will be held together with nails of love.
6: <laughs>
10: this is sickening. <laughs>
7: Let's get on with the presents.
6: You, know, Ivey. Shall I bring it out from behind the tree? So will you, Unky? You bet. I do. You, Ivey. You.
10: It's
6: bigger than I am. (laughs) Heavier, too. Uh, Let me give you a hand.
10: Uh,
8: Yes. There. What do you think it is, Marge?
7: Well, it must be something for the house. I can't imagine. Maybe it's the whole house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Leroy.
10: Uh,
8: Yeah. There we are. Uh, Take the wrapping off, Marge.
7: Well, here goes. Oh, Bronco, you darling. Let me give you, March. What is it? A door.
11: <laughs> <laughs> a door? Yeah. Our front door. Solid birch. <laughs> oh, Bronco, you
7: were teasing me. You said we couldn't afford this kind.
6: Oh, well, March.
7: Isn't it beautiful, Unky?
6: You well, If I was giving somebody a door, I can't think of a nicer one. <laughs>
7: Come on, I want to open my present.
6: Oh, sorry, Leroy. I guess we got carried away. Yeah, Leroy's been waiting all morning to open his gift from Bats.
7: Oh, it's an awfully cute little package. Yeah, it isn't very big.
6: Well, yeah, Leroy, don't be disappointed before you open it. It could be a jackknife or something.
7: Oh, boy, look at this a gold
8: wristwatch. Really?
6: Gosh, isn't that a beauty? That's quite a gift, Leroy.
8: Yeah. Certainly makes my old turnip look sick. Anki,
7: do you think Leroy should accept it? What do you mean? I've already accepted it.
6: (laughs) Well, Leroy, a watch like that is a more expensive gift than you'd expect from a childhood acquaintance.
7: Who's a childhood acquaintance? We've been practically going steady for a couple of months. (laughs) Hey, I gotta go show my watch to Bernie.
8: What a watch. That Leroy came off pretty well. Of
6: course, you understand, Marge, I'm very happy with my keg of
10: nails. (laughs) I know
7: you are, darling.
6: Well, I'm a little surprised that Mr. Bullard let Babs spend that much money on a present for Leroy. That boy has more gold in his wrist than I have in the bank. Morning, Bertie.
9: Morning, Miss
6: Galsly. You're not too late for breakfast.
9: No, sir, but the others did beat you out this morning.
6: Yeah, it's always difficult to get started for the office the day after Christmas. <laughs> yes,
9: yeah, here's some coffee.
6: Good. That should start me perking. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Leroy?
9: Oh, he's over with Mr. Bullets. They was away yesterday, so Leroy couldn't wait to see what Babs got for Christmas.
6: Yeah, you know, I wondered why Babs didn't come over yesterday.
9: He left here at 8.56 and 22 seconds, according to his new watch.
6: <laughs> yeah, that watch came as quite a surprise to all of us, Bertie.
9: Yes, sir. There was a lot of surprises around here. A cake and nails, a door, and a genuine cashmere sweater. But that watch, oh, that topped them all.
6: Well, Bertie, I'm not one to encourage expensive gifts for kids who don't know the value of money. It actually, Babs isn't to blame. It's Mr. Bullard. It is? You shouldn't have let Babs buy Leroy anything so expensive in the first place. No, sir. After all, it isn't a good idea for the kiddies to set their sights too high.
9: No, sir.
6: That Bullard overindulges little Babs. Yes, sir. And I think of how much that gold watch must have cost. Why, it's ridiculous. Yes, sir. Of course, it's not my problem. No, sir. The watch does fit Leroy's wrist If Mr. Buller feels he has money to throw around And wants to toss a little this way Yeah, I'll be big about it and let Leroy catch it
9: Yes, sir
11: <laughs> Is the water commissioner in his office?
6: You come in, Judge
11: Season's greetings, Gilda.
6: Thank you, Judge. I didn't expect to see you around today.
11: Well, I came by to check on you, Gilda. Who? Why? I know you play Santa Claus every year, and I always worry about you getting stuck in the chimney.
10: <laughs> <laughs> oh
6: my goodness!
11: When are you going to invite me over to see your tree, Gilda?
6: Not until we take it down. You might eat the ornaments, you old goat.
11: <laughs> yeah. Did you and yours have a merry Christmas?
6: Yeah, but it was Leroy who hit the jackpot. Oh? Believe it or not, Judge, Babs gave him a gold wristwatch.
11: A gold wristwatch? Gilday, that's the sort of thing a girl gives her, um, uh, husband.
6: I know a husband who got a keg of nails. (laughs) What? Never mind, Judge. What do you think of Bullard permitting Babs to go overboard like that?
11: Well, Gilder, the way Babs has been raised, perhaps she doesn't know the value of a dollar.
6: By George, I'm glad Leroy does. He'd never do a silly thing like that. I wouldn't let him if he wanted to. I don't have my eyes closed to things like that board.
11: Gilder, perhaps Rumson didn't know Babs bought the watch.
6: Come in. If Bullard doesn't know what's going on, he's a real knucklehead.
11: Gilder, Sleeve? Yeah, hello, hello, Mr. Bullard. Morning, Rumson.
6: Good You'll whom are you calling a knucklehead? You are calling You
10: Well... <laughs> 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 Speak
5: up, laughing boy. No, Mr. Buller, Speak up. Don't be mealy-mouthed. I heard you.
6: Well, you heard me anyway. I was just telling the judge it was silly of you to let Babs give Leroy
11: such an expensive present. Oh, Rumson, I suggested that perhaps you didn't know Babs had bought Leroy the Watch.
6: Yeah, that's why you're a knucklehead. Yeah, I mean, Gildersleeve,
5: I have news for you. You do? Your Leroy gave my Babs this three-foot string of pearls. A three-foot string
6: of pearls? I didn't know that. Knucklehead. (laughs) must have spent all the money he made selling Christmas trees. Mister Bullard, Babs has to return those pearls, and Leroy has to return the watch. Now, gentlemen, if
11: you ask me, nobody asked you. But if quiet, me... you old goat.
10: <laughs>
11: well, I see my advice is unwanted. This is a conversation for knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Babs, hardly in their teens and giving each other expensive presents. These pearls must have cost Leroy thirty five or forty dollars. Well, by George, he'll have to take them back. Leroy! Leroy!
7: Anki, you're shouting. You
6: bet I'm shouting. Margie, where's Leroy?
7: Well, I haven't seen him. Have you, Bronco?
8: No, but if he's in the neighborhood, I'll bet he
6: heard you. <laughs> Maybe it's just well he isn't here. I better cool off before I see the boy.
7: What's the matter, Anki?
6: Marjorie, look at this.
7: Oh, what a gorgeous string of pearls.
6: Say, what lucky young lady are you going to lasso with those? Bronco, I couldn't afford these. They're Leroy's Christmas present to Babs. Yeah?
7: You don't mean it, Unky.
6: She gave him a gold watch and he gave her a string of pearls. Isn't that the most ridiculous thing you ever heard of? Oh, it certainly is.
7: Oh, I don't know. What? Well, admitting that Babs is a little young to be receiving such gorgeous pearls, I wonder how they'd look on me.
12: Oh, Marge...
6: Got your door for
7: Christmas?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's too bad Leroy and Babs aren't as practical as you two.
7: Well, I guess it's fun to be impractical sometimes. I've never had a string of pearls like this.
6: Well, I've
8: never had a gold watch like Leroy's either. Of course you understand, Marge, honey, that I'm perfectly happy with my keg and nails. <laughs> sure, it's been a fine Christmas.
7: Well, I'm perfectly thrilled with my door. You understand that, too, don't you, Bronco? You
8: sure he does. Oh, you sure?
7: After all, it's such a practical gift.
8: Well, Marge, we're building a home, and you were the one who suggested a practical Christmas.
7: I suggested it?
8: And you'll have to go a long way before you find anything more practical in that keg of nails you gave me.
7: <laughs> Bronco Townsend. No, kiddies. It was your idea to give something for the house, you and your silly budget. Silly
8: budget? If it wasn't for my budget, our bank account would look pretty silly. Children, please.
7: Uncle Mort, I'm not a child. Children get pearls. Yeah, but And gold watches. Yeah, but... Uncle Mort. Do you know what Mr. Practical Bronco did the other day when we were shopping? No, but. I held up a nylon stocking to show him how sheer it was, and what do you think it reminded him of? Uh, what? Looking through a window pane that he could buy for the same amount of money.
6: Now, Marge, wait a minute.
7: So how should I expect Pearl? Well, well why
8: should I expect a watch?
6: <laughs> Bronco didn't get a watch for Christmas, but he's sure getting the works. <laughs>
5: Greg Gildersleeve will be back in just a minute. Now is your chance, ladies, to get a free, yes, free copy of one of the most exciting recipe pamphlets Kraft has ever offered. This handy file type pamphlet has more than 20 easy-to-follow recipes for making delectable melt-in-your-mouth fudge and creamy smooth frostings a brand new way. A simply amazing way with Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Just imagine, with Philadelphia brand cream cheese, you can make fudge and frostings that are perfect every time. Never grainy, never too hard, never too soft, but always delightfully creamy smooth. Well, the great Gildersleeve and his family had a wonderful Christmas, but the day after, complications started to develop. It began when Mr. Bullard got upset because his niece, Babs, gave Leroy a gold watch. Then Gildersleeve got upset because his nephew, Leroy, gave Babs a string of pearls. These gifts then upset Marjorie and Bronco, who had gone in for a practical Christmas. Now, guess who's on his way to Peavy's drugstore for an aspirin? <laughs>
6: hello, Peavy. Oh, hello,
5: Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs>
12: What can I do for you today? Give me a box of aspirin, Petey.
6: Very well. You're figuring up your Christmas bills already, are you? I've had a bigger headache headache than that. I just had to tell Leroy to return the gold watch Babs gave him for Christmas. My, my, that fine watch that Leroy showed me? Yeah.
12: It seems I heard something about a
6: string of pearls, too. Well, Leroy has to take them back to the jewelry store. That's one thing that Bullard and I agree on. You and Mr. Bullard agreed on something? At last.
12: Well, that's Christmas for you. Yesterday, Mrs. Peavy's mother and I agreed on something. Oh, what? That it was Christmas.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my
6: goodness. This problem with the kids is serious, Peavy. Just because they like each other, they figure they have to spend every nickel they have on gifts. (laughs) I,
12: I recall when I was first smitten. I splurged a little on a gift for my light of love. You, Petey? I'm here to tell you. I presented her with a world's fair pillow, as I recall. Purple velvet with orange tassels. Your yep. <laughs> father and my father insisted that we return each other's gifts, too. And as it turned out, I'm glad it. What you she give you, Petey? <laughs> she gave me a kiss, and I gave it right back.
10: <laughs> Petey,
12: you're making light
6: of this. Leroy must have spent $35 or $40 for those pearls. Oh, well, that was his money, wasn't it? Yeah, true. But it surprises me that our youngsters don't display better judgment. If I were a boy, I wouldn't give a girl a pearl necklace.
12: No, I don't think you would.
6: <laughs> and if I were presented with a handsome gold watch, nobody would have to force me to give it back.
12: Well, no, I wouldn't care that. <laughs>
7: glad you came over. Well, Leroy, I thought we should spend our last moments together with our presents. Yeah. We've got to take them back. We've got to take them back. Uncle Rumson said it had to be done today. Yeah. So did Unc. Let's keep them as long as we can. Until just before the jewelry store closes at five o'clock. I don't want to take my watch back until I have to. Well, Mr. Peavy's is close to the jewelry store. Don't you think it'd help our morale to go there and drink sodas until 5 o'clock? Well, yeah, but... Gosh, Babs, I'm a little short of money. Huh? Well, you know how it is with a man right after Christmas. Oh, well, maybe it's better if we just sit here and suffer. Why don't don't we go see if Bertie has some cookies and milk? Okay. I do feel a little weak. Yeah. A man needs strength to return a fine watch like this. (laughs) Hi, Bertie. Hello, Bertie. Well, can Bertie do something for you children? Well, we sort of thought about going down to Mr. Peavy's drugstore, but... Can we have some milk and cookies?
9: You sure can. You can have anything you want.
7: Yeah. Anything but a watch.
9: And a few pearls. You poor kids. You two got faces long as Miss Margers and Mr. Bronco's. What's the matter with them? Well, they got a little too practical for Christmas. I don't believe
7: in being practical at Christmas.
9: It isn't any fun. If you like somebody, you should show it. You sure showed it with those nice presents you had to
7: take back. We haven't taken them back yet, Bertie. We're keeping them as long as we can. I just hate to give up my pearls.
9: I don't blame you. Here's your milk, honey.
7: Thank you, Bertie.
9: Here's yours, Leroy, and a plate of cookies.
7: Thanks. Bertie, listen to the tick of this watch. Finest tick I ever heard. <laughs> That's a fine watch, all right. Tomorrow, maybe somebody else will. Learn. Somebody we don't even know. That's true. And some other woman will be wearing my pearl.
9: Poor little Babs.
7: Babs, I'm never going to have another watch. I'll just remember the one you gave me.
9: Poor little DeRoy.
10: When I'm a debutante, And all
7: the other girls are wearing pearls, and they say, where are yours? I'll say, you can't see them, but they're always around my neck. And they were given to me by Leroy.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Cookies, anybody?
6: (laughs) I wonder if I did the right thing. In a way, Phoebe's right. Leroy did spend his own money. Still, the kids have to understand that Mr. Bullard and I know best.
9: Oh, hello, Gildersleeve.
6: Yeah, hello, Mr. Bullard. Didn't see you behind your bushes there.
9: Well, I was just shaking off some of the snow before this hedge breaks down.
6: Oh? And incidentally, keeping an eye out for Babs and Leroy. Well, I was thinking about the kids myself. It's nearly five o'clock. I suppose by now they've returned those expensive baubles.
0: Yeah,
6: too bad they weren't more practical, like Marjorie and Bronco. Marjorie and Bronco? They gave each other something for their new home. She gave him a keg of nails, and he gave her the door. The door? Yeah, the front door for the house. Oh!
10: <laughs> Have they
6: had a happy Christmas? Well, until they saw what Leroy and Babs gave each other. Yeah, foolish children. Yeah. Leroy stood out in the snow for two weeks, selling Christmas trees just to buy Babs a string of pearls. Well, I gave Babs a check for $50, and all of it went into the purchase of Leroy's watch, except a dollar and a half. How do you know? Well, that's about what this necktie (laughs) cost.
5: Oh, yeah. I encouraged Babs to buy something nice for herself, but she said she wanted to buy
6: a gift worthy of Leroy. Leroy felt the same way about Babs. It was hard for me to insist that Leroy take back the pearls. I'll never forget the stricken look in Babs' eyes when I told her she'd have to ask Leroy for the watch. She looked up at me like a wounded deer. wonderful girl, Babs. Sweet, self-sacrificing. Stout fellow, Leroy. (laughs) Yeah, he took it like a man. Braced his shoulders and said, I guess you know best, Dunk. Babs took it bravely. And I told her
9: she just lifted her chin... Walked out into the snow, smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Too
6: bad. They're hiding broken hearts, Gildersleeve, and and we broke them. Right, George, I don't like the idea of broken hearts. Especially at Christmas.
9: Gildersleeve, do you think we still
6: have time? You mean, you're willing to let them keep their presents, too? It isn't quite five o'clock. They may be at your house. Follow me, Bullard. Follow me. They're here, Gilson. Yeah, I don't see them anywhere.
9: Bertie! Bertie! What's all the commotion? Oh, hello, Mr. Bullard.
6: Bertie, have you seen Babs and Leroy? We have to find them, Bertie. All is forgiven. They can keep the presents.
9: That's nice, gentlemen, but you're too late.
6: We are... Oh,
9: no. You're too late. You're closing the barn after the horse is gone.
6: But, Betty, we've thought it over. Yes,
9: sir, you're too late. You're closing the barn after the horse is gone. But... Mr. Gillsleeve, you know what you are? Yes, but... That's right, you're too late. You're closing the barn after the horse is gone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, gentlemen.
6: (laughs) Well, Bullard, we're too late. Yes, the horse is gone. <laughs> i better be going, too. Well, we've done a nice, big, fat job of ruining the kids' Christmas.
7: You sit in Uncle's chair, Babs. Thank you, Leroy.
6: Listen, Gildersleeve.
7: And I'll sit over here.
6: They're still in the house, Bullard. Then we're not too late. Leroy! 19,
7: 20, 5, 25.
6: Leroy!
5: Babs, dear. Oh,
7: hi, Unc. 26, 27.
6: Babs,
5: what are you doing?
7: Excuse us, Uncle Rumson. We're counting our money.
6: Your money? Bullard, we are too late. Poor unhappy children.
7: Who's unhappy? Twenty-eight, twenty-nine. What's this, Leroy? We were broke, and now we're loaded. (laughs) Thirty?
10: Thirty-five?
5: But, Babs, we were going to let you keep the necklace and the watch.
7: We had the fun of getting them for Christmas. Now we can spend the money again.
6: Gee, shrewd girl.
10: Come on, Babs,
7: let's go down to Mr. Peavy's and have a soda. Oh, I'd love it. We haven't been downtown all day.
10: So
6: long, huh? Bye. Goodbye. Cha-cha. Well, what do you make of that? Well, wait a minute, Gildersleeve. If they haven't been downtown all day, they couldn't have taken those presents back to the jewelers. See, so that's right. Where'd they get the money?
10: Oh, hello,
7: Arky. Mr. Bullard.
6: Oh, oh, good evening, Marjorie. Marjorie, you wearing pearls.
7: They're a gift from my husband.
6: Beautiful.
7: Uh-huh, and he's taking me out to dinner this evening. Uh, hurry, Bronco darling, we'll be late. No, he won't.
8: It's only 5.15, according to my new gold watch. LAUGHTER <laughs>
5: Well, Gildersleeve, it seems everything turned out all right. Yes,
6: indeed. Maybe I can even borrow some money from Leroy to pay my Christmas bills.
10: <laughs>
5: Mr. Willard Waterman steps out of his role as the great Gildersleeve to say, I hope you all had a happy Christmas,
6: and with the New Year so close at hand, we want to take this opportunity to wish all our faithful friends the best of everything in the coming year. So it's Happy New Year to you all, from the members of our cast. First here's Barbara Whiting. Babs. Then Gail Gordon. Rumson Bullard. Lillian Randolph. Birdie. Mary Lee Robb.
7: Marjorie.
6: And Dick Crenna. Bronco. Now, Earl Ross... Judge Hooker... Richard Legrand...
12: Mr. Peavy,
6: And Walter Tetley...
7: You can have all the money you want
10: at 8%, huh? What a boy.
6: folks, let's make sure that there'll be no one missing from our friendly circle next year. When you're driving, take an extra few minutes for safety's sake. Now, season's greeting from all the people behind the scenes, from our writers John Elliott and Andy White... Our editor, Paul West, from our engineer, Leon Fry, and Monty Fraser handling sound effects, and from our producer, director, Frank Pittman, and Virgil Reimer for NBC. And, of course, these holiday drinks come to you, too, from our sponsors, the Kraft Foods Company. Their representative on this program... John Heaston and the entire family of Kraft employees. Happy New Year, everyone. Good night.
5: You know, it takes three things to make a sandwich. The bread, then meat or cheese or egg, whatever you like best in between. And the third thing is, mmm, a touch of real mustard. For when you add a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. That is, if it's craft, prepared mustard. There are two kinds, you know. Mild crafts mustard, smooth and delicately spiced. And craft mustard with horseradish added. Have both on hand for different tastes, different uses. Remember, when you add just a little mustard, you add a lot of tang. Get Kraft's Prepared Mustard.
0: Your humble host.
6: He's next on NBC.
0: You just can't help but sing along a little bit with it, huh? Yeah, sleigh ride. Oh, well. Now, well, you, we just heard the Great Gilder's Leave from December 26 of 1951. Yeah. Well, now things just didn't go as uh, Bronco and Marjorie expected. Yeah, Bronco never dreamed he'd be getting a, a box of nails for Christmas, and Marjorie, well. It was in her wildest dreams to never get a door. (laughs) Oh, that's what you call a practical Christmas. But fortunately, it all worked out. They each bought the kids gifts, and they were all happy. Oh, well, you can't blame them. I can't blame myself if I want to hear somebody singing Sleigh Ride because I'm hearing this song. Yeah, that that puts me in a mood to hear Andy Williams singing Sleigh Ride. Andy, take it away.
13: Just hear those sleigh bells tingling, ring ting tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you Come on, it's lovely when the a sleigh ride together with you. Giddy-up, 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 let's go. Let's look at the show. We're riding in the wonderland of snow. Giddy-up, 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 it's grand, just holding your hand. We're gliding along with the song of a wintry fairyland. Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy-cozy, are we? We're snuggled up together like birds of a feather would be Let's take the road before us and sing a chorus or two Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you There's a birthday party at the home of Farmer Gray It'll be the perfect ending of a perfect day We'll be singing the songs we love to sing without a single stop At the fireplace while we watch the chestnuts pop There's a happy feeling nothing in the world can buy When they pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie It'll nearly be like a picture print by career and I These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives Just hear those sleigh bells tingling, ring ting, tingling too Come on, it's lovely when the four sleigh ride together with you Let's take the road before us and sing a chorus or two. Come on, it's lovely where the forest lay ride together with you. Come on, it's lovely where the forest lay ride together with you. Come on, it's lovely where the
0: forest lay ride together with you. Come on, <laughs> Oh, my. Yeah, that was Andy Williams singing all about that sleigh ride he took. Yeah, it was unforgettable because he still loves to sing about it. (laughs) And I know somebody I would love to sing about. (laughs) How about Julie London? Wouldn't it be nice to, to sing about Julie London, especially if she was the one singing about you when she sings? I've got my love to keep me warm. Mm, Yeah, just like this song is playing in the background. Here is Julie London. I hope she's singing about me. I've got my love to keep me warm. Take it, Julie. Oh, she's jazzy. I think she's getting in the mood.
2: The snow it's snowing The wind is blowing
0: It's getting rough out there.
2: The flame grows higher (laughs)
0: Oh, man, nobody sings them black. Julie London, huh? That's what I see. Yeah, when I hear her singing, I start hearing bells. Jingle bells. (laughs) I'm clever, aren't I? Yeah, that's jingle bells being played by a sort of a jazzy organist, Jimmy Smith. She's playing Jingle Bells, and in our last show, I started to sing along to the Jingle Bells song. Yeah, and we didn't play the whole song. We only had a, a little instrumental version of it, but I couldn't help myself. And that that, that that just made me start thinking. Now, one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs when I was a kid was Jingle Bells. And us kids, when we go to school, we'd sing some Christmas songs, and Jingle Bells was everybody's favorite. <laughs> I remember kids singing that one out loud. We all tried to out loud each other. We all sang Jingle Bells. That was a great song for kids, and it's a great song for adults. And <laughs> speaking of an adult, how about Jim Reeves? Now, he the reason I picked this particular version of Jingle Bells, it sounds like just the way we used to sing it in school. You know, this isn't a, a fancy sort of a redo of Jingle Bells. This is just straightforward Jingle Bells. Here is Jim Reeves and Jingle Bells.
14: Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle all the way.
0: Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells,
14: Jingle
5: A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride And soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side The horse was lean and lank, misfortune seemed his lot He got into
14: a drifted bank and we, we got upset. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all
5: Been our Christmas visit with you, friend. If you've enjoyed it half as much as we, then it's a good Christmas. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow trying to make things happy as Christmas again. Come on around me now, Dolores, and Buddy, and Dave, all of you, and let's tell the folks how we feel. Buddy? Jim, I've never had a better Christmas. David Cobb seconding that. Dolores, have you had fun? Oh, yeah,
7: Jim. I just wish we didn't have to leave. And I want to wish everybody again and again
5: and again... Merry Merry Christmas! Christmas, Merry Christmas! Christmas. The Anita Kerr Quartet expressing your wish for you, Dolores. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas! That's Owen Bradley in the orchestra completing our family, and this is Jim Reeves reminding you have a wonderful time celebrating Christmas and just once more, Merry Christmas, everyone. Goodbye.
0: Well, that was Jim Reeves, friends. From an original recording of a radio show he did in 1957, it was Christmas time, nineteen fifty-seven. Jim Reeves, I believe his show was a daily fifteen minute radio show. And that was the Christmas episode, at least a portion of it I played for you, where Jim Reeves sings jingle bells, and I like that version because, well, that was sung the just the way we used to sing it as kids, you know? Jingle bells, jingle bells, you know, none of these fancy tricks with the song, just straightforward singing, and I like it like that the best. Well, Jim Reeves, that was a good little radio show he did with all the gang there. (laughs) I like that. Well, friends, you know, we're listening to Jingle Bells. It reminds me of me being a kid. And when I was a kid, one of the songs we all loved to sing, besides Jingle Bells, was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yes. Here is... The man who originally sung this, yes, Gene Autry, sung Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for the very first time in 1949. And we've got a special stereo version of Gene Autry's classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, it sounds nice.
14: You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, off the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history.
0: there you have it that was the great cowboy star gene autry the first guy to sing rudolph the red nosed reindeer and there you have a a stereo fad version of rudolph <laughs> uh, oh i hope you enjoy listening to these stereo versions i find them a lot of fun to listen to and they sort of modernize the song i think a little bit anyway well that was gene autry now you know gene autry is not one of my favorite cowboy stars I'd rather watch Roy Rogers or the great Wild Bill Elliott or Tim Holt. There were a lot of good cowboy stars who starred in them little hour-long westerns. But Gene Autry, I don't know. I just never quite quite liked him as much as I liked the other cowboys. He's still all right, and I like the fact that he sang some famous songs in his movies. I kind of wish Roy Rogers had sung those same songs first but that's the way it goes. You know, you can't have everything. Gene Autry was a a famous singer of songs, and I can't take that away from him. Well, now I'm hearing a beautiful song here. It came upon a midnight clear. Puts me in the mind of Bethlehem and the beautiful star of Bethlehem. I'm speaking now of a song that Emmylou Harris sings so beautifully. Here is... Emmylou Harris and the beautiful star of Bethlehem. The beautiful Emmylou Harris singing about the beautiful star of Bethlehem. Hmm. I tell you, uh, that Emmylou Harris Christmas album she put out is one of a kind. Every song on there is just wonderful. Well, eh, Emmylou Harris, she just can't help but be wonderful. Every time she opens her mouth to sing, a gem comes out. Now, speaking of gems, I hear a little lady playing the organ. Now, you know who that is, don't you? It's got to be Ethel Smith. Ethel Smith loves her organ. And I think she has a a secret desire to run this show because she just loves to play the organ to give me hints, to give me orders about what song to listen to next. Well, now, Ethel, so happens you and I are once again, we're in sync here. I agree. And it's time to bring back our house singer.
6: This is Bing Crosby. Merry Christmas,
5: everybody.
0: Well, thank you, Bing. Oh, yeah, Bing Crosby, our house singer, is back here to close out our show. I wonder what song Bing is going to sing to close out our Christmas special. Yeah, you know better. You know (laughs) Bing is here every year when we do a Christmas show, and he just loves to sing the Christmas song. White Christmas, that's what we want to hear. Now, I have got a neat version of White Christmas from Bing Crosby from 1968, when Bing Crosby appeared on the Hollywood Palace. He sang White Christmas, sure enough, but what was unusual and so great about it is he sang the very rarely heard, if ever heard, first verse of the song. Now this verse you don't hear Bing sing in the records or on most shows, but he sang it in 1968 when he was on the Hollywood Palace. Let's listen now to Bing Crosby's 1968 appearance as he sings White Christmas.
14: The sun is shining, the grass is green, the orange and palm trees sway. There's never been such a day In Beverly Hills, LA But it's December the 24th And I'm longing to be up north I'm dreaming Of a wild Christmas Just like the one Ride.
1: may your day be merry
0: That is nice, isn't it? Perfect. From Bing Crosby, even getting to hear the little opening verse of that song that you never hear otherwise. Well, friends, that's just about gonna do it for our Christmas show this year. Our third Christmas show this year. Why do we do three Christmas shows, you ask? Well, that's because the Great Gildersleeve in 1951 also did three. Different Christmas shows. So, you know, we had to keep up with (laughs) Gildy. Now, today was the last of the 1951 Gildersleeve Christmases. It came from December 26 of 1951. And that, my friends, happens to be one of the shows I listen to every single year. I listen to those 1951 shows. Especially when Leroy sells Christmas trees to raise money. And on the day of Christmas, I listen to that show. In the morning when I'm making breakfast, that's the show I listen to. Well, eh, those tests happen to be some of my favorite guilty Christmases. And I just happen to be lucky enough this year to play all three of them for you here. From the 1951 season of Christmas. Well, friends, I am your humble christmas host for sounds like radio's christmas specials until next year when we're back with another christmas special and until next time we get together next week or whenever it may be whenever you happen to tune in a a sounds like radio show that'll be the next time we get together (laughs) until then i am me saying so long for now goodbye everybody and merry christmas